We haven't entirely nailed down what element it is yet, but I'll tell you this, it's a lively one. Let's give your parents a call right now. Hello! Welcome to episode number three of Gaming with the Moms. I'm Nicole Tanner, Managing Editor at Pigslookin.org, and I am a mom. And I am joined by fellow fabulous mom, Linda Brenneman. Yes, I'm uh, here, and I'm the publisher at Pixelkin.org, and I have grown kids. Yeah. And then (laughs) they're all grown up. Holy smokes. She's laughing already. I feel very giggly right now. I'm Simone de Rochefort. I'm a video producer at Pixelkin.org. I'm a daughter and a gamer. Uh, I'm Courtney Holmes. I'm the associate managing editor at Pixelkin.org. I am also not a mom, but I'm a daughter. But you're very and cool. A gamer. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I stole your identity. <laughs> right. Whatever, Simone. All right. Well, let's jump into some news that may be valuable to families. So, anybody who was gaming on the old PlayStation remembers Banjo Kazooie. I played that on my N64. Was it on uh, PlayStation 2? Yeah, I thought it was PlayStation 2. I think Maybe it's on it 64. Wasn't. It came out. Yeah, because yeah, I read the article just before oh, this podcast. Okay. Yeah, so anyhow, so the people who created Banjo-Kazooie are coming out with a new game. What? Yeah, called Lukalele. Ukulele. Ukulele. But not spelled like you would expect. Yeah. How would you yeah. expect it to be spelled? U-K-E-L-E. Lies. Yeah. I don't know how to spell ukulele. Y O O K A and then dash Laylee because it's the names of the two characters. Well, I just yes. like Banjo Kazooie. <laughs> I knew it wasn't spelled like a ukulele, but you asked me what spelling you would expect. Well, so, and that's what you tried to give us. Uh, we appreciate that. You're welcome. So, ukulele uh, looks super cute. You're yeah. a chameleon with a bat. Yeah. Who picks you up and flies around? Symbiotic bat chameleon relationship. Yeah. As typically seen in nature. Of so course. The chameleon's yeah. yucca. Yes. Bat. Yes. You're correct. <laughs> and the bat is Laylee. Linda yes. gets points for yes. that one. Yeah. It looks so cute. It does. Yeah. And I was watching some of the dev um, interview stuff, and they were like kind of horrified at the lack of the, you know, old 3D platformer ish mm. type games. Um, I guess they don't play Nintendo because Mario's, <laughs> Mario's been like that. Um, but yeah, I can I can see their point. Mm-hmm. Tarot is kind of like that too, although that's not really on a console. It's on the PS Vita, so it's handheld only right now, and it doesn't count. How yeah. do you- <laughs> but those you know those platform players like my sister in law Kaylee? Yeah, they love them and they just want more of them every day. Yeah, I love yeah. one of my favorite gaming franchises was Ratchet and Clank. Which yeah. was on PS2. Oh my god, I love those games so much. I didn't play those games. Yeah, I played Banjo Kazooie back in the day, like in the in the late nineties, good old days. And I was awful at it uh, <laughs> as, a, as a result of being a very tiny child. But um, I enjoyed it a lot. It was very memorable environments and characters. And mm-hmm. this, like, I started. I watched the Kickstarter video for Ukulele, mm-hmm. and as soon as the music started up, I was like. <laughs> <laughs> No, is there was there multiplayer or co-op in Banjo Kazooie? No. There might have been like a bonus multiplayer option, but I can't remember. Definitely not the main okay. campaign. Yeah. I'm just curious if they'll work that into ukulele because that would be 
I, I, that's yeah. what I always like in platform games, especially is when yeah. you can do it with someone else. Co-op wasn't really a big thing <laughs> yeah. back in the N64 games. Solitary gamers. Yeah. Mario Kart and Smash Brothers, but yeah. that, that kind of yeah. covered it for... So it's back to Nintendo again. Exactly. Um, I think it is supposed to be co-op heavy, right? This one? I, I, I didn't read anything about that. I didn't read that. anything I about know. that. So I we'll see. Thought it, I thought it implied anyway. That would be fun. You get yeah. to play both. Yeah. And chameleon bat just seems like such a great combo. Right. I, <laughs> I love both of those animals. Yeah. So. I wonder if the chameleon's changing skin will move to the bat, though. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I guess we'll have to stay tuned for that one. Yep. So, parents, if your kids love Star- Disney Infinity, <laughs> we learned today that Disney Infinity 3.0 is going to have Star Wars characters. A mistake uh, was made. Yes, a German retailer posted the just the product yeah. info. You got the whole picture. You can see the little what are they called, Simone? The little card things. Um, oh, the like droid or though the the, the, the pod racers. Y- y- no, no, what? no. I mean the Disney Infinity, the little disc things. Oh, oh. <laughs> Power discs. Power discs, yeah. <laughs> so you could tell it was a professional picture because there yeah, were power discs and everything was shown. the box with the figurines. Yeah. Um, it was Luke – or sorry, not Luke. Anakin and um, another character from the extended universe whose name I don't remember because I never read those books. Yeah. I um, is yeah. it from the books or the TV oh, show? I think it was from the TV show. You're right. Yeah. It was Clone Wars. Right. Because uh, yeah. I know that's pretty popular right now. Yeah, 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 that's definitely what it is. You can tell from the figurines mm-hmm. that that's what it is. Everything else on the box was very – it was a mix of modern Star Wars and original Star Wars. They had R2-D2 and um, pod racers and other fun things. So uh, yeah. it's interesting. I, I'm excited for that because I, I do love Star Wars and I love the Star Wars mythos. Like any chance for me to explore Star Wars in game form mm-hmm. is like, yes, I'm living my dreams. But I find Disney Infinity's uh, story mode gameplay so unbelievably boring. So, so you be... have mixed feelings about yes. Disney Infinity. <laughs> I'm like, yay, Star Wars, but also sad that uh, spending ridiculous amounts of money for subpar story mode gameplay. But I mean, the creation mode is is great. So yeah, for people that aren't me. So. Everybody knows about Minecraft. Uh, <laughs> What's Minecraft? What is? Yeah, I know this tiny little <laughs> game. Um, and hopefully, you all know that Microsoft bought it last year. So, um, but Microsoft has just initiated something that makes modding much easier yes. for people. So they'll be supplying automated textures and whatnot for the blocks, mm-hmm. and you know, so that you don't have to do that yourselves. Yeah, Minecraft or Microsoft uh, yesterday in their, or sorry, Wednesday in their build keynote talked about how they're releasing Visual Studio Code for free right now, and uh, modders will be able to use uh, that code editor to create Minecraft mods, basically, yeah. or it, easier um, using yep. Java. So very exciting, yeah. especially for kids, because uh, I think it is an easier platform it's an easier way to get into coding and yeah, creating mods sure. so so modding is short for modifying right yeah. yes if you <laughs> want to uh like alter a game that already exists by mm-hmm. doing cool things like changing the characters or what they're wearing or yeah. all kinds of stuff and yeah. um some stories are saying that microsoft has um big evil plan to create more programmers by I, <laughs> releasing uh releasing these modding um assistants kind of 
Ooh, teaching 21st century skills to our children. That's yes. horrifying. It's yeah. terrible. <laughs> They're teaching yeah. them to code, and then they can go to work for Microsoft. Well, of course. Which would be great, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it would be great. Um, and another Says news. Nicole, whose husband <laughs> works. Yes. Okay, maybe I should do the disclaimer thing. My husband works for 343 Industries, which is a studio of Microsoft. Um, but uh, something that's funny to me about Microsoft is that in Windows 10, they're changing the name of their browser to be the Microsoft Edge. I am so happy because yeah. I went to Mashable uh, to look up the news about the Microsoft build and um, the Windows Edge. And they had a picture of the Edge, the guitarist for U2, right there on nice. the front page. And I was like, yes. <laughs> yes. He has nothing to do with Microsoft, but the name. Fun so yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, Simone is a huge U2 fan. Really massive so, U2 fan. I wonder if there's like some now some internal like civil war going on with U2 because they usually represent Apple. They're in, like, oh. all the Apple commercials. Oh, mm. wow. Microsoft's mm. making a bid for their hearts yeah. and their money. <laughs> They're really kind of sold out in these last few years. <laughs> How dare you? You find you do well, everywhere. Well, everywhere. they're a popular band. They've been popular since, like, 1980. They're not as popular now as they were. Or what? They have I a guess, very dedicated fan base. And maybe I should that say is they're still strong. They're not as good now as they <laughs> used to oh, be. Oh, that's in the even 80s. worse. That's <laughs> even worse. <laughs> Anyhow, so that's funny to me because everybody hates Internet Explorer, yeah. and they just think that changing the name is going to make that all go away. Edge actually looks pretty cool. I have heard that Internet Explorer has improved in the past couple of years. I don't use it, so I don't know. But Microsoft Edge looks pretty... It's it's very minimalist and, you know, very... Not Metro, because they don't use Metro, but it has the the, ti- the flat look and the tiles like um, Windows 8 did. But I think they're, they're really moving away from that. Um, and it has Cortana integrated so that you can basically use her likes you would Siri on an iPhone and look up things. So, And I still yeah. love the fact that the they name call is it Cortana. Cortana. Yeah. And if, for, if anybody out there doesn't know, I find it hard to believe that you wouldn't. Um, Cortana is the AI in the Halo series who rides around in the head of Master Chief and tells him <laughs> what to do. Yeah. So, so it's funny to me that it's called Cortana. Everybody can be Master Chief now. Yep. I, I've <laughs> always felt a strong affinity for Cortana just because her name kind of sounds like Courtney. <laughs> and I know that's really illogical. It'd be like your space age name. I know it's nice. illogical. Born two thousand years in the I future. Just, I just like people better if their name starts with a C. That's it's, fair. I can't help it. I like people better if they're named Simone de Rochefort. <laughs> yeah, and only that. I only nice. love myself. Um, yeah, but that <laughs> we're in the room with the millennials. Again. Exactly. <laughs> Here we are. Your comment just reminded me. We just recently put a story on Pixelkin from Meredith Bland, who tried to get her kids to teach her how to play Skylanders. <laughs> <laughs> and there is there is a, a line in that where she's like, "Skylanders is great for kids and other people who are not me." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She was not a big, huge fan of. Skylanders. I loved that story. Even it though was. I also love Skylanders. It was hilarious. It was very funny. To it read. was so funny. We've yeah. all played a game with our kids that we just could not like yeah. Yeah, at all. She tried. She valiantly yeah. tried. And yeah. her observations were hilarious. Yeah. I'm just going to do a dragon because he's the perfect shade of green. Yeah. <laughs> I, I understood why she didn't like – like one of her complaints was that the cutscene at the beginning went on for too long and it was it's like watching an episode of a children's TV show. 
I'm not a mom, so I don't watch. I don't get subjected to children's TV all the time. So I was like, yay, this is funny and cute. It's like a cartoon. I'm having such a good time. Whereas for her, it was like, I'm supposed to be playing a game. Where's the game? Why am I sitting here watching a show? It does not take very long to overdose on children's TV. I'll just say that. Oh, I imagine. Yeah. I am just completely overdosed, so much so that I am uh, – With a three-year-old, with yeah. With a three-year-old. But I am very picky about what she watches. Yeah. So yeah. if the show – I don't care if it's educational. If it annoys me, she's not watching it. Yeah. I want to yeah. know – I hear parents all the time complaining about Caillou. What is so bad about Caillou? It's just – it's is just it? kind of annoying. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind it as much as my husband does. Yeah. And so he laid down the law. He's like, we're not watching Caillou. And <laughs> at one point, like, she asked why. Well, she didn't ask why, but he said so- – he just – he does this all the time. He just comes out with his his sentences without thinking in front of her daughter. He's <laughs> like, Caillou is so dumb. And so – Oh, no. And then she's – you know, the next day she's like, Mommy, can we watch Caillou? And I'm like, no. And she's like, is that because Daddy thinks it's dumb? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not my favorite. I didn't mind it mm-hmm. as much. Um, yeah. The way it's set up on Amazon Prime, there are like five or six episodes in one thing. So it's like an hour and a half of Caillou. You're trapped. What yeah. is Caillou? It's a it's, French-Canadian show, right? Yeah, it's an animated. It's a little boy. Kai, is, that a, is that a real name in like French stuff? Caillou? Pebble. Pebble? Yeah. <laughs> well, Pierre means stone, right? So. Fun fact. Yes, yeah. fun Google that. <laughs> I'm um, Googling it right now. But yeah, I just, you were French, Simone. Poser. I, I, said, I gave my suggestion. De Rochefort. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he's just a little boy. He's in preschool and, you know, it's not – I don't know. It's not – doesn't have anything super special It means about pebble. It. I was right. Nice. Well, his head kind of looks like a pebble. Yeah. Why, why would they name their son Pebble? Maybe his I dad's name is Pierre. <laughs> First, don't get it. It's like, yeah. Okay, I oh see my. what you're going for now. I, yeah, I, yeah. You can. You'll have another chance to try again to win points from me today. So it's all about this little boy just being nice to everybody, basically, mm. and just learning how to be a oh, good great. friend. Nice but, children, but, generous, kind, friendly children. But there are other other shows that do that so much better and yeah. are much more interesting, like Oswald, who is an octopus with a wiener dog who's colored <laughs> like a hot dog. Aw, it's. A, it's adorable. And Oswald is voiced by Fred Savage. I mean, how much how much better can you get than that? So, um, Fair enough. Yeah. All right. So yeah. let's not talk about Kiss TV for the whole time we're here because <laughs> it kind of is my life for the most part. <laughs> um, but Simone and Linda, you guys had dinner last night with a very dis- esteemed yes, game industry person. Dinner with Jerry Holkins of Penny Arcade. And that was so much fun. Uh, not just the wine and the wild boar of ravioli, but we had some great conversation. I found out the most important things that I found out were that A, we both love murder mysteries, and B, we both feel the exact same way about Assassin's Creed Unity. So then we fought Linda and defeated her. <laughs> nice. Nice. So now, now there I, are two people in the world who liked Assassin's Creed Unity. I can officially Burn. retract my statement about the Xbox One that I made erroneously last week. He also played it on Xbox One and had. No problems, just like me on PlayStation 4. So, what are you saying I, I about it's, Linda? It's, <laughs> I, I'll say it about myself. I, I play the game kind of um, awkwardly sometimes. And when you do things that are unpredictable, sometimes you run into things that the game is not expecting. Yeah. And um, so, like, at one point, I was on a mission and I 
ran right out through the front door. Uh-huh. And I, you, you're not supposed to run out through the front door. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I love? Because there's all these people standing yeah. around the front door who are going to come after you, right? I think I did and, the same thing in the Notre Dame mission. Right. Yeah. So you run out through the I'm front door. I'm an assassin. Look at me. <laughs> Woohoo! That's the exactly. thing about that game. Like, Every every time I would go into a mission, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to do this right. I'm going to be stealthy. No one's going to catch me. <laughs> and then I'd bumble in. Everyone would see me. I would have to run around the block, jump in a haystack, go back, get caught, run around the block, jump in a haystack so no one could find me. And it's at some point, it's just like, I'm literally the worst assassin in the world. <laughs> like, they're watching me being like, it's that guy again. Yeah. It's this jerk again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <sighs> Okay, st- okay, Pierre, let's chase him off. Yeah. Let's chase him off. I still find it funny that you just hide in haystacks. I know. It just Why seems not? like a random thing to hide in. I don't well, yeah. you know. It's funny to me now cuz I mean they're from the the very first Assassin's Creed game and it's like, yeah, ah, is they going if they're they have a modern one or they're going to be like haystacks in New York City or something. That would yeah, be amazing. If there's one consistent piece of design all across history, it's mm-hmm. haystacks just hanging out Love on street corners. That's yeah. Yeah. Where they belong, really. Modern New York though. I don't know what they're going to maybe they'll let you dumpsters. hide in <laughs> dumpsters <laughs> or hay. Or, or, <laughs> For no maybe, reason. Maybe like yeah. shredded paper, right? Yeah, yeah, there we go. There we yeah. go. <laughs> like There's always closets, too. There's closets yeah. yes. everywhere, and you can hide in closets. Oh, and I'm so, so bad at it. I'm so bad at hiding in closets. I'll always, I'll always like, go for the closet and then miss and then be, like, walking into the corner, and I'm like, no, no, Arno, no. <laughs> Man, now I really want a Narnia DLC. That would be amazing. <laughs> go in a wardrobe and then you're like, fall into Narnia. <laughs> If you're bad with closets, don't ever play Alien Isolation. Oh my God. You spend lots of times in closets in that movie. <laughs> and it's horrifying when you die. don't get to the closet in time. Oh, God. Um, so, yeah. So, Linda's been playing Assassin's Creed. Simone, what have you been playing? I've been playing a lot of Peggle Blast on my phone because um, I-, I love it on PlayStation 4. And uh, then I found out that it has a free phone app or free to start, as that Nintendo guy puts it. Free to play, free to start. Um, but it's actually – I've gotten – there goes my phone. Yep. No more Pega Blast. <laughs> I got pretty far on it. Um, I'm stuck now in, like, the fourth zone. But it's really, really fun. Peggle is a game basically where – there are a bunch of pegs covering the screen. Some are blue, some are orange. And you have a ball and you launch it. It bounces off the pegs. Your goal is to eliminate the orange pegs and you get points for the blue pegs. But um, you only have a certain number of balls to launch before your your level ends. And it gets more and more challenging. They add fun things like bombs that have a countdown. They or There are special power-ups that make it easier. Um, I love it. It's unexpectedly addictive. Peggle is an awesome game. Yeah. Now, I've heard from other people that the that Blast is pretty uh, unforgiving as far as the their free-to-play aspect. I can, it depends. I – hold on. <laughs> Not to toot my own horn, but I'm very good at Peggle. So for me, <laughs> I, I haven't spent any money on it yet. Um, I can see how it would get – a, a lesser player. I can see a lesser player okay. would have to spend money by now. Yeesh. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Although the level that I'm on is really horrible and I hate it. So, you know, you never know. I so, usually end up deleting before I So how does though. the mechanic work? Are you buying lives? Are you buying power-ups? You can buy more balls, balls. when you run out, and, and there are power-ups as well. Like there, there's Ring of Fire is a cool one. You, yeah. It just destroys a group of balls that are close together. Uh-huh. So 
Yeah, right. things like that. Okay. Hmm. Well, we'll trust yeah. that you're very good. Just don't spend money. Don't spend money. <laughs> or do, Pickle has been awesome. Yeah, like, yeah. actually, I do love the Pickle people. Like, It's a yeah. really quality game to spend short amounts of time with. Like, when I'm home and I want to relax, I just boot up Peggle on the PS4 and I'll play with my roommate. Uh, we do versus matches and stuff. So yeah. do get Peggle. It is a wonderful it's game. It's wonderful. It's very polished as far as like mobile games go. And absolutely hilarious. Yeah. the It has Peggle Masters, which are these bunch of little animal things and they each have their own personalities and yeah. especially in Peggle 2, they are really, really funny. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes in a, you know, sort of childish potty humor way but yeah. they're, they're very funny nonetheless <laughs> mm-hmm. Courtney what have you been playing Broken Age <laughs> uh, Broken Age Act 2 came out recently um, and I really liked it mm. a lot I'm so surprised I know <laughs> if you didn't know Broken Age Act 1 was my favorite game of 2014 <laughs> um, because it's a point-and-click adventure game with beautiful artwork and beautiful music and fun characters who are, like, teenagers in a coming-of-age story. And there's puzzles, and these are, like, all of – every single one of these things is, like, Courtney's favorite. Those are, <laughs> those are like, the – And every character's name starts with C. There is a character named Courtney. I'm yes. not kidding. So yeah. that really clutched her. <laughs> <laughs> um, and obviously she's the best character in the game. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I don't um, remember who she is. Yeah, I um, I really liked Act 2. The puzzles get really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, that was occasionally frustrating. There's some leaps of leaps of logic. Like, one of the things about some of these point-and-click adventure games is that, uh, so you'll be talking to one person, they'll be like, I really need a new shoe. But I, <laughs> and once I get my shoe, I'll give you this flower. And you need to get the flower, so you need to find someone who has an extra shoe. But instead of, like, thinking about all the characters and figuring out who might have a shoe, the actual solution is, like, well, obviously you need to accidentally fall in this puddle of mud, and then you'll find one by mistake. So Uh, sort of a lot of things like that where, like, the only way you could possibly figure it out is by going and interacting with everything. And that got a little bit boring, um, but... So you go to the walkthrough, right? Do you end up doing that, or...? I... For this game, because of the... For puzzle games, I try to work on it as much as I can first before I go to the walkthrough because I'm sometimes nervous that I'll find solutions to other puzzles that I didn't need help with by mistake when I'm scrolling through trying mm-hmm. to find the solution to the one I want. Mm. But I did have to go to the walkthrough, a walkthrough mm. a few times in order to finish this game. Where do you find your walkthroughs? Google. I don't know. I go yeah. everywhere. <laughs> um, I usually – I like ones that have pictures and that are really – precise and cleanly written that's the thing if you use a lot of walkthroughs like i do because i have such a hard time figuring things out (laughs) on my own um i find that that's true you can't always go to the same place like you can't always get the the best walkthrough on ign or and that's fairly new because like yeah it used to be game facts was the site that you went to for walkthroughs without yeah they have a lot of walkthroughs the thing about them is that they're all in plain text Mm -hmm. and so it takes a long time to read through them and you got a certain part you gotta find it's kind of bad but i used to i remember the first zelda walkthroughs i looked up many many years ago like in Mm-hmm. When I was playing Majora's Mask for the first time in like 2001, like those walkthroughs were all they, there were some very clever things done with plain text. They would like recreate the logos, yes, with, like yeah. hyphens and backslashes. Yeah, they do. That's they get cool. very creative about yeah. that. But it's much better now that we have 
easily embedded pictures and yeah. nice YouTube fonts. and IGN are my sources usually. I remember when I was playing Limbo, I basically had a, a Limbo Let's Play open in YouTube constantly, and I would just tab out of the game, watch a minute of the Let's Play, tab into the game, get through the next <laughs> obstacle, get stuck. Yeah, I will. That was on- a hard one. I'm I- not good at puzzles, though. I will only watch videos to get out of problems if I have to. Mm. I much prefer to read them because um, it's easier to skim and find exactly what I want and then just jump right out. Because yeah. That's usually what I do, too. With, yeah. with platformer games, though, I should uh, restate that. Limbo is a platformer game yeah. and uh, Little Big Planet also a platformer game. With those games, I find sometimes it's easier to see exactly what the person does. Like if there's a jump you have to make at a certain point, a certain thing that you have to hit to yes. get through the move. Puzzle games, I, I could do it without the Yeah. You know what my video. favorite thing about video walkthroughs is right now is um, having a hard time in Assassin's Creed and going to a video walkthrough and seeing that person have even a worse time <laughs> yeah. making worse mistakes. That is satisfying. Yeah. That's yeah. my Assassin's Creed story in a nutshell. <laughs> I, I will say, though, um, when the, I was playing Broken Age on the day that it came out, and uh, Double Fine Studios was having a big release party, and they posted their phone number on Twitter, and they said, call us if you need hints. We'll be here for an hour drunkenly answering oh. the phone. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it was like three hours after they posted it, um, but someone else tweeted that like they called and they got to hear Tim Schafer's answering machine. So I was like, "Well, I'll call. Whatever." <laughs> it's like midnight. They won't answer, and I called. They totally answered, and oh. they gave me a hint, and it was really fun. And I told them that I loved their game, and there was like party going music in the background. Nice, <laughs> that's adorable. It was. Yeah. It was really. I talked to a, a lovely woman who gave me a hint that was just the right level of hint. It told me what to do without being too obvious. Nice. Cool. You know, the thing I love about those puzzle games is when you can play with someone else and you can figure something out together that you'd never get by yourself. That's how Emmett, my roommate, and I got through Road Not Taken. Because, you know, I'd be, like, on Tumblr or something, and he'd be playing, and we'd, like, just talk through the puzzles. Because they're really – that's a really hard game. It's kind of a matching game. You're combining things to open doors and get past obstacles. And it is so punishing. It is. Oh, my God. But, yeah. Yes, and it varies it in its level of punishment, yeah. I feel, because it's, it's all random. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that was a really fun one to play as a group, even though it wasn't a two-player game, technically. Yeah. Yeah, no, I played the first half of Broken Age with my roommate. Mm. Um, and I played Zelda Skyward Sword all the way through with my friend Nicole, who now... Which li- was not me. Yeah, different Nicole. <laughs> Sorry. This Nicole now lives in Pittsburgh, so we can't We got play, rid of her. We can't play Zelda together anymore, but... Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, or yeah. Pittsburgh, California? Pets- Pennsylvania. Oh, because I lived in Pittsburgh, California. Weird. Oh, Nicole yeah. parallels here. <laughs> I know. Really strange. Yeah. Um, anyway, so she, she didn't really like playing the game, but she liked watching me, and she... Um, she would help me with uh, puzzles and stuff. Yeah. She got really good at it. Sometimes you just need that extra set of eyes that can't – because you're right. so focused yeah. on what you're trying to do. Yep, for sure. And someone else is like, oh, yeah, blah, 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 and you're like, oh, obviously, God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so speaking of games with very unforgiving, cruel puzzles, mm. I finished Year Walk yeah. oh. last weekend. Ooh. And that's kind of a point of pride for me to not go to a walkthrough uh-huh. until I absolutely, absolutely have to. Part of that is my husband's fault because – he gives me a hard time. Like, <laughs> if I load up a game and play it on easy, he's like, whatever. Oh, come yeah. on. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that was a great game. Very difficult and somewhat obtuse yeah. puzzles. I love Year Walk. Once it, it's a point-and-click puzzle story game. So, yeah. you know, that's my – It's your jam. Yeah. It's my jam. 
<laughs> genre. It's my genre. It's genre. great. <laughs> it was. It's a survival horror game too. So mm-hmm. it got me to jump a few times, and you know, mm-hmm. some of the content in it is rather disturbing. But isn't that the one where Courtney started playing it and didn't realize it was a horror game, no thinking idea. it was a <laughs> Swedish my- mythology and folklore game? Yeah, well, which mean, it, it is. It is. It is. Yes. <laughs> and you know, except for that, it's scary. Yeah. Another fun fact is Sweden I, is horrifying. I love Sweden mythology. I actually minored in Scandinavian area studies. Mm-hmm. With an emphasis in folklore, which is an actual minor that you can get at the University of Washington, um, so, and it's so uh-huh. useful. In- yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh that that game has a beautiful soundtrack. I really like the music. Yeah, I listen to it a lot. Yeah, and then I've also been playing Child of Light. Cool. Which Kizzy? Mm-hmm. Kizzy's the one that really likes that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's your basic uh, turn-based RPG elemental type whatever, which I haven't played a, one of those in a while. And I don't usually like them very much, but it's nice to sort of be able to play something and take my time, especially after playing Ori in the Blind Forest, which was brutally, brutally <laughs> requires very precise timing and <laughs> movement. So I'm finding yeah. that Child of Light pretty cool. Cool. So, nice. So Linda, you were saying that uh, at dinner last night that you had some interesting conversations with Jerry about uh, parents thinking yeah. thinking video games are violence and trying to explain to them that it's not going to make them turn into a murderer. Yeah, we had a whole discussion about psychopaths. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to open nice. this. Um, he was also reading a book. Um, I wish I could remember the author. We'll put that in the show notes yeah. later. But um, – Someone has written a book explaining what a psychopath is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny when you have kids, um, your kids go through all these different developmental stages. And um, I don't know any parent who hasn't at one time or another thought, oh, what if my kid's a psychopath? Um, <laughs> I'm not there yet. <laughs> no, not, not with your three-year-old. Thanks for the heads up. <laughs> um, no, just uh, it, of course your kid is not – that but um sometimes kids do things um and you're not sure why they do them and they Mm. seem kind of out of line and um and and video games can kind of fit into that when you see your kid playing a violent video game you think why does my child like to for instance kill the pig in minecraft (laughs) and that was the example we used yeah um one of the things that you need when you're Playing Minecraft apparently is pork. Yeah, if you're playing in survival mode, you need to eat, and yeah. uh, some of the sources of food are like cows and pigs and things that you obviously have to. You bash them with your little, uh, totally cartoon, no blood or anything. Yeah. You hit them, they poof up in smoke and turn into like a pork chop, and then you can either eat that raw or cook it. So it really teaches bad food hygiene more than anything. Yeah. John Ronson is the name of the author. Oh, thank you. Just this morning, I was watching someone yeah. kill a pig. I didn't kill the pig. I hit it twice, and then I walked away. And I guilt-tripped you. Yeah. So you don't just hit it. You have to hit it multiple times. Yes. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry, Linda. And the, but no, no. Some, ki- some uh, parents will watch their child kill a pig in Minecraft, and they'll think, why are you being mean to the animal? But I think what you don't understand is that um, when you're playing a game like that, you don't think of the pig as a real animal. Which it isn't. Which it isn't. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> it is not a real animal. It's um, it's a part of the game, and you're trying to do well in the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is um, a component to success in, in, in Minecraft, a component to your survival 
Yeah. So that you can stay alive another day and continue building. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of a continuum. Yeah. And um, if you think of it as, uh, we'll say, playing football, mm-hmm. when you tackle someone in football, you're not trying to hurt the person. You're trying to um, advance your ball right. down mm-hmm. the down the um, field. And so it's easy to look from the outside at someone playing a video game and thinking that they're involved in mm-hmm. this violence, but that's really not so not what's going on in in the person's head when they're playing mm-hmm. the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you go down most games, uh, it's lesser so now with like some of the indie experimental stuff, mm-hmm. but most games have some form of violence, be it jumping on koopas or you know, yeah. like um but it doesn't yeah, it doesn't mean that you, that your kid is going to turn out that way. I I do think it is a problem creatively that when we when we think game, most often when we create a game, one of the mechanics is to enact violence, like that that's the automatic thing that we go to. Even if it's just an adventure game, mm-hmm. you are – and you're – even an adventure game, say, where you're trying to get through a jungle and you're killing evil plant monsters, that's – Yeah. It's – you know, we automatically think, okay, what am I going to do in a game? I'm going to fight and I'm going to kill something. And that I think is a problem just in terms of creative stagnation. I don't think it's a problem in terms of player psychology because the player isn't necessarily going to the game because they want to enact violence. They're going to the game because the satisfaction of accomplishing something appeals to them. The satisfaction of reaching a goal appeals to them. Uh, Oh, the the story. Yeah, Yeah. competition, story, things like that. Yeah. So. I think we all agree, though, when we're reading a book or seeing a movie – um, conflict is an important part of story. Yeah, absolutely. And so the, in video games, the conflict sometimes takes the form of what looks like violence against mm. a, you know, a creature in the game. Yeah. And um, but that's not what people are really after mm-hmm. any more right. than when you take a pawn in a chess game. Yeah. That's yeah. violence. So, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Although you can very violently take a pawn <laughs> if you want to. Really? <laughs> I didn't know that about you, Nicole. Yes, yeah, like Harry Potter. Rip it off the table and throw it at your opponent. Exactly, yeah, Harry yeah. Potter. Yeah. They brought the violence into chess. Yeah. You're literally being slashed at by other <laughs> chess pieces. And I use literally correctly in that Yay. sentence, which we had a conversation about earlier. <laughs> and how is my pet peeve? Yeah. Um, but it's always fun to see a creative game like Splatoon. Yeah, or I'm really excited else. about Splatoon because, yeah. you know, there, there's been a lot of interesting studies about the benefits of first person or of shooter games, um, which, you know, it, it can be kind of scary to... In terms what, of like uh, hand-eye coordination. Right? Hand-eye coordination yeah, yeah. and um, some some of the... Oh, God, I'm blanking. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. Um, um, yeah. Oh, reaction time. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Visual coordination. Yeah. Yeah, and... Um, Splatoon is really cool because, like Portal uh, or uh, Garden Warfare, Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare, it's like a shooter game, but it's they don't shoot bullets, they shoot paint. And it's, yeah, it's, so it's basically like a big paintball war. Yeah, so it's much more creative yeah. and friendly and mm-hmm. has a really cool sort of hip vibe, yeah. but I'm excited. Yeah. In terms of, I'm thinking about movies now and how, uh, I mean, a lot of movies, even children's movies, will have some kind of violence, uh, cartoon violence. Um but uh, movies can create tension through dialogue and through character conflict. And one game that I love that does that is uh, the Ace Attorney games, which are available on iOS. Uh, I think the first one is free 
on iOS right now. And um, you're a lawyer in a courtroom and a lot of half the game is basically investigating the case and racking up clues and stuff. And then the other half is in the courtroom, like trying to say the right thing and present the right evidence to win your case as a defense attorney. And that, that I love those games a lot. They're really fun. Yeah. So they are really fun. Although like sometimes when, they're very impenetrable. <laughs> whenever someone brings up those games though, it just brings to mind a screenshot with a guy with his arm out saying objection. objection. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I have one complaint about those games though actually, which is that I I think that they would be great for epileptic players because it's all just text and pictures except that there's flashing between like transitions yeah. all the time. Like someone will pound their fist on the table and the screen will flash white. And I'm like, why is this necessary? I was playing yeah. it on an airplane, you know, in the dark because it was nighttime. <laughs> and I was like trying to shield my screen from people. They probably thought I was watching something inappropriate because I was like, I just don't want you to be woken by these like big flashing lights on yeah. my screen. Like, Why? It's a text-based game. Why? why? Yeah. <sighs> my friend was on a plane with someone. Oh, no, this, my friend was decided to watch Wolf of Wall Street oh, no. on a plane and, like, very quickly decided that that was not the right Mistakes movie to, were made. <laughs> to watch on the plane. I played a tearaway on an airplane, and uh, I didn't realize, because I had my headphones plugged into someone's PlayStation Vita, that whenever you take a picture, which you have to do in order to progress through certain parts of the stories, the shutter sound is really loud and does not go through your headphones. <laughs> uh, and, which is, yeah. Uh, so I would be on this plane, and everyone was sleeping, and I'd be like, I really want to keep playing this game. So I'm going to take a really loud, awkward-sounding picture of all these scrapers. I wonder if there's a – there's probably something in the settings to turn the shutter well, sound off. Well, you know, off, I've read that um, a lot of Japanese cameras make it impossible to turn off yeah. the shutter sound for, you know, personal safety and stuff to prevent people from taking creepy pictures. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know okay. if the Vita is the same, but – The shutter – I mean, it's kind of – the picture's already been taken when you hear the shutter sound. So how yeah, does that? I don't know. I guess it, it alerts you that you're being. Well, when you get to confront the person and <laughs> punch them, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of violence, yeah, punch yeah. them. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, but we're talking about these games that don't have violence, and there's actually a game that was in early access that we talked about in our indie spotlight, and it's now full available out of early access it's called i am bread <laughs> where you play as a piece of bread navigating a house and trying to get yourself toasted mm -hmm. corner by corner corner by corner you have to try to not fall on the floor and not uh pull yourself through other Disgusting bad substances things. like the kitty litter or whatever because that <laughs> oh, you know takes gosh. your tastiness have down. you guys tried that yet i haven't tried it but it looks kind of hard. It looks yeah. really hard. I was watching a Let's Play of it, and I it looks so frustrating, but it's also so funny at the same time. It's yeah. a piece of bread just snapping. Yeah. How do you make your yeah. bread walk across the floor? Uh, yeah. You use, you use uh, like, the shoulder buttons. Yeah. Like, oh, like, okay. Sort of, yeah. You waddle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Nathan, so like, yeah. who covered this the game for us, said it was extremely awkward, but kind of that was the, char the charm about it mm -hmm. almost. It's mm -hmm. really funny to, like – just try to get the bread to move the way yeah. you want it to it move. Makes me think of Octodad, which is yeah. another great game in which you are. It's, it's very funny. You're an octopus masquerading as a human, and mm -hmm. you're very obviously an octopus wearing a suit. But <laughs> your family has all been fooled. They're all convinced that you're a regular old human guy, and so just moving uh, the this octopus character is like really awkward, and that's half the fun of the game. And mm -hmm. um, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. We should do a whole show about funny games sometime. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We Maybe should. after my article about them comes out. Are you doing an article I about I put it in pitch. You did? <laughs> I oh, did. Great. I did. I'm still it's backed up on freelance I articles. I haven't been able to look at pitches yet. Um, um, but keep them coming. Yeah, right? yeah. One of the keep other coming. things we talked about with Jerry last night was that, you know, not everyone is going to enjoy playing games necessarily. Like that's – I think that there are a lot of people who just maybe haven't found the right game or haven't really given it a, a good, decent try. But also, like, yeah, I can't really imagine my mom finding a game she enjoys. Like, she she adopted an iPhone way before I did. She's very, very tech savvy. But I don't. She doesn't play any mobile games at all, and mm. she's in the age group that should be enjoying those games. But I don't know. I I, I don't know yeah. what the right game for her would be. I just yeah. I, I really think of gaming as on par with reading and movies. And mm-hmm. the, but some that, people don't like reading. It, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There are some people who don't like reading. For most mm-hmm. people who don't like reading, they probably just haven't found their favorite book yet. And then this will be great. But it's okay if like the act of reading is not your favorite thing to yeah. do. Yeah. Um, I would love for someday for the term gamer to be used in the same way that reader or movie lover is used. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Totes. For sure. Yeah. Totes. What I don't get is how anyone can't like Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically. But I know that there are people out there who do not like Star I Trek. I don't get it. I don't who either. I have they? a confession to make. I'm one of them. <laughs> You're going to have to leave now. <laughs> yeah. And my husband is not. He loves Star Trek. And fight. Yeah. <laughs> no. There's just, there's a couple episodes in like late Star Trek Next Gen that are just like. So good. Oh, my God. Dharma and Jalad. Courtney is clutching like, her heart right now. <laughs> uh, they they managed to invent an entire language in 45 minutes and teach yeah. it to you. And it's, like, so powerful and cool. But, and, oh. but, Courtney, really, I'm kidding because I can actually see how a lot of people would not like Star Trek. Yeah, fine. <laughs> it can be I, so it's just, campy it's sometimes. So, yeah, it can't be and melodramatic. And I'm <laughs> yeah. just like, really? This is This is happening? But my husband did force me to sit down and watch the entire Deep Space Nine series, which was was actually okay. You know what? That's not the best one. Yeah. Well, he thought it was the one that would be the most palatable to me. (laughs) So. Hmm. Next Gen's where it's at. Yeah. Well, I watched Next Gen with him and I didn't like it. So he was just trying again. I watched it alongside Sesame Street when it was on TV. It was was very much kids programming to me. And I feel like... (laughs) I don't know. It works really well for kids, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's great kids' shows, yeah. as well as adults. The first couple of years of Next Gen are so 80s. That yeah, they're hard. Yeah. I think it, it, yeah, it gets no. better later. When Troy's yeah. hair is as large as your house, don't watch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's a great way to navigate the seasons. It's just yeah. watch and, what Troy is wearing. <laughs> nice. It becomes more and more like a professional uniform and less and less like a short skirt and don't deep cleavage. Yeah. also don't watch when um Riker has no beard yeah the beard is good <laughs> look for the beard <laughs> nice <laughs> yes yeah, fun fact about guide. deep space nine though the um i can't even remember what they're called now the alien guys with like the big heads and the Ferengi. big ears Ferengi. i mean i don't know <laughs> yes that is it the Ferengi. so the main Ferengi in Deep Space Nine to the voice for Andrew Ryan in Bioshock. <gasps> yeah, he is also the principal in season three of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Armin Shimmerman. I, yeah, I met a... him. I, t- I oh, had a conversation <laughs> with him. Wow, nice guy. Yeah. yeah, I freaked out when I found out that he so was Andrew cool. Ryan. He's been a bunch of stuff. Um, Ryan yeah. and Atlas. 
Atlas. Yeah. Atlas Ryan. <laughs> he told an interesting story about how in this very same year, Deep Space Nine ended, and he got killed in a very graphic manner on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> and so he lost both of his oh, shows no, in one, that's one year. Wow. That's the risk of being a TV actor, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And they're two great shows, too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'm pulling away from my mic. Apologies, people. <laughs> Don't apologize. So one thing that we were reading today on Gama Sutra was a story about popularity. And Simone is shaking her head because she's <laughs> ready to go to town on this one. And how um, it's kind of a vicious cycle where something is popular and then people write about it and that makes it more popular and then people write about it even more and kind of goes on and on and that it's very hard for something to kind of break through that cycle. Mm. And I can buy that much of it. Yes. <laughs> that part I agreed with. There are definitely – Oh, okay. I partially agree with that I guess. I, I do think that popularity can be – a good metric for measuring how good something is. It can also be a good metric for measuring just what people are talking about. Um, one thing that I notice is that the things that he mentioned, he mentioned Flappy Bird, he mentioned um, Gangnam Style, the music video, and Minecraft. Min Minecraft. Minecraft. He yeah, mentioned yeah. Minecraft. Apart from Minecraft, which I do think is a good game um, and is popular for a lot of reasons, two of the things that he mentioned were basically memes. Like they may not – like Flappy Bird became a huge cultural moment because it was so ridiculous. People were playing it and talking about it, but it was a flash in the pan. It died yeah. out very quickly. And that's basically the nature of memes, whether it is a YouTube video, whether yeah. it's an app, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think that we can really necessarily – like it was financially successful for the guy at the time, but it. I don't think – think that that really contributes to the point that he was making about popularity driving mm -hmm. sales because I don't think that that game is still in the news. Yeah, my, it's not I'm being not talked sure. about anymore. My problem with the article most of all was that he kept on referring to like back in the good old days, there was only one loot player in the town and so we didn't <laughs> have to compete with the other yeah. loot players. I'm like, this this thing you're talking about has actually been going on forever. You yeah. know, this this conversation about like what is considered high literature and what whether it's a good idea or a bad idea for every high schooler in the United States to read the same series of books mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. something that's been going on for ages about uh and like and before that, you know, it's I'm sure that, that this is not new and it's yeah. not unique yeah. to games. That there will always be some things that are popular and the good thing about that is that it does create this shared conversation that you can go somewhere else and talk about something that you've both experienced and have this productive conversation instead yeah. of having to wait for them to go and read a book or play a game. Right. Um, but, you, yeah, there's a risk of the, mm -hmm. the good voices not necessarily becoming popular. But yeah. I feel like with the Internet, we have more access to niche communities than ever. Mm -hmm. That was the, in, the, yeah. in the comments of the article, too, and I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's hard to rate high enough on the – on, for instance, the Google search engine to be found. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. But at least there is access. At least it's possible to get your game out there mm -hmm. and get a few people to play it and a few more people to play it. Yeah. And it yeah. used to be, for instance, in publishing, the only way to get your book published was to get a big publisher to pick it up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way you'd get your book read. And now you can self-publish. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of the same thing with games. People can... 
um, go on Steam or go on Xbox Live Network or yeah. Steam you know, is definitely yeah. where the most of this is happening, and they have. Uh, I would argue that the App Store, the Apple App Store, is where most of the like issue of trash rising to the surface is happening. Yeah, it's also in terms of what he was talking about. Yeah, it's it's really hard to find something good on the App Store. Yeah, and that uh, I think that's why I when. When he's talking about popular things not necessarily being the good things, I think that does apply to apps more so than, say, film or music even just because of the nature of the app store because it is – Apple wants to make money. So the things that are making the money will rise to the top whether or not they're good. Um, I think they've been getting a little bit better about doing collections. Exactly. But – more they, tools. They need to do more of that. Yeah, more yeah. tools to find things that you yeah. that you'll specifically like rather than what everyone else seems to like. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Steam's been working really hard at doing that. They yeah. have a new system where like uh, it's not it's a few months old I think where they'll suggest games to you based off of what you already own, which is great. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the Steam curation thing, which yeah. Pixelkin has a Steam curation page where we recommend games mm-hmm. uh, and you can follow us and just look at our recommendations and. Lots of other game sites do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll keep you busy playing the games we recommend. <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, wow. for sure. Yeah. And the early access program, too, I think is a great way. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Yeah. just Steam is just great. Steam is really great. It is really great. Yeah. And uh, Valve also announced today that, you know, relating to Steam, that developers on Steam can now ban their own players. Yes, that was super. I'm super happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> Because before, the, you, the developer had to submit a request to Valve, to Steam, and then Steam had to go through those and then ban the player, mm-hmm. which is very tedious and a whole process. But, but tell me, explain to me why a player would be banned, for instance. What's an example? Well, like in multiplayer games, if there's a currency that you're using, you could cheat your way into getting more currency. Uh, what's another example? Uh. Um well, for I mean, for multiplayer games, I think it can be players who are being rude and harassing yeah. other players. That could be a reason to be banned. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like gold farming, things like that. Um, and if you're, I think, yeah. Uh, how how do you cheat Does in a game? I don't know. Pretty much just apply to online games. I think for the most part. Okay, mm-hmm. because I know that there's a culture of people who, if you're playing a game by yourself and you're not impacting anyone else, trying to break the game can be a lot of fun for some people and, like, finding the glitches and things. Yeah. And that's how yeah. you get some of these speed runs. Yeah. Which hopefully game creators wouldn't see that and then ban them because that would be disappointing. Oh, I don't yeah. think. But I, I think it's more trying to make a better community for the whole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For everyone, which is great. Yeah. All right. I have another bone to pick with that Kama Sutra article if okay. we have time. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, one of the other complaints that I had with it was that he felt that culture was becoming a monoculture because of globalization and, like, the availability of things everywhere. And that I wholly disagree with because there are still so many – even with games, there are still so many games from other countries that we don't necessarily have access to. A lot of developers do try to put their games out in English and publish them internationally, like on Steam, etc. But there is still a Japanese culture of games, mobile games especially, that's totally impenetrable to Western users. And when it comes to film and to music, etc., which he was also talking about, like, there's no way that we have as much access to 
film and music from other cultures as we do in America. And American culture is very heavily exported everywhere. But I don't think that that means that we that cultural differences are being erased, as he said in the article. Like he used Gangnam Style as an example because that got super popular in the U.S. And that's very true. But for every Gangnam Style, there are like 20 other groups that are super popular in China, Taiwan, South Korea, yeah. Philippines. They're not coming over here and playing concerts that are sold out. Right, yeah. Nobody knows about them except people who are Gangnam in that culture. And the reason Style got popular I don't think is because yeah. – like everyone's like, oh, I want to listen to this Korean thing. It's because the video was freaking hilarious. Yeah, it's just it was goofy. Yeah, and yeah. silly and yeah. It, it bothered me the way that the writer was like, I, I never would have expected a Korean song to be globally popular. I'm like, what's so you wanted American stuff to be popular forever? Like, I don't yeah, know. I, I don't know. Yeah, or and that just kind of irked me a little bit. Image yeah. of world culture. Yeah. But just so you know, uh, Gama Sutra is a site that caters to game developers and. Lots of game developers and just post mm-hmm. their personal opinions yeah. or and their blog this things. was a community yeah. submitted. Yeah, actually, article. most of their stuff yeah. is community submitted articles. They they get a pretty good dialogue going on mm-hmm. on a lot of stuff, yeah, and it's yeah. really valuable to other developers to sort For of sure. think about this stuff. Yeah, and it is definitely an interesting conversation to discuss, like how how to you know navigate the the world of popularity and how mm-hmm. viral videos work and how mm-hmm. to make your product become popular when you're competing against things that are sometimes flashes yeah. in the pan and, and yeah. it, i i often feel very sad when i like when i get press releases because i get so many press releases about games and there's no possible way that i could cover it or that we could cover all of them and that in that moment the industry does feel like you know it must be it must be so hard to scrape your way to the top and get an, a, an e- even a fraction of attention for your game but yeah it is yeah another thing that doesn't help that and this is another article that we found today that we were talking about is that uh PC gaming is going to have its <laughs> own little press conference at E3 and um <laughs> as if E3 needed more press conferences <laughs> so in case you don't know E3 stands for Electronic Entertainment Expo and it is the trade show for the gaming industry happens once a year why and did why did they call it E3 and not just E <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Simone maybe because they're not you <laughs> they just they hadn't met you yet yeah <sighs> you should go set them straight um go on I totally lost my train <laughs> no. um uh, yeah, so it's a trade show for the game industry. It happens every year in L.A. in June. Uh, it's – you general public can't get in. It's for press and uh, for retailers, although that's becoming less and less of a, a thing for, uh, for retailers to go check out games. Um, but the point of them having – like there are so many press conferences there and everybody is releasing things around E3. You think you get a lot of press releases now? I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Wait until – we're we're in May now. It's gonna start in a couple weeks. You're gonna get bombarded uh, with stuff. And like, it's funny to me that the game developers don't realize that you just become a slush pile at that time of year. Like, especially if your game is yeah. small, there is no way that anybody's going to pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. And yet, people continue to do this. Like the PC gaming, we're gonna have a press conference. As if you can p- p- compete with Microsoft and Sony and EA and Ubisoft. And I think I named all the major pre- – Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> like everybody has a press conference that have to be squeezed into two days Why does Ubisoft before the show floor opens. Own. I mean I love their press conference last year. but yeah. Ubisoft yeah. usually has a very entertaining press conference. Yeah. They had Joel McHale host a few times. Oh, seriously? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was yeah. really cool. Theirs last year made me cry because Valiant Hearts was there, and that's a game about World War One. That uh, the trailer was heart wrenching. <laughs> uh, I wept. It was awkward, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. It's going to be – we're going to watch like eight hours of press conferences when E3 yes. rolls around. And but at least we don't have to go sit and get ferried around by E3 buses. Fair enough. And carry huge notebooks. And <laughs> Yeah, fortunately they put them on the internet. So. Yeah, yeah, like you, any of the gaming sites will be streaming them and all. The, the PC gaming conference will be streamed on Twitch. Yeah. yeah. Microsoft streams theirs on Xbox Live. Sony streams theirs on PSN. Although last year, the PSN stream, oh my God, so glitchy. Oh, yeah? I had a better time watching it on my phone than oh I did gosh. on my PS3. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, really? Like, wow. this is Sony versus Apple. Like, Apple's giving me the better experience on a mobile device than you are on your major console. Oh, my gosh. So I just want more yeah. details about the new Zelda that's, That's all, all I want. Yeah. I just, we will be watching these press conferences so we can write stories for everybody. Yeah. yeah we'll, about what's important. We'll take out the good stuff and yeah. leave behind the rest. Yeah. I hate to disappoint you, Courtney, but I don't think there's going to be much about Zelda. There could be. <laughs> don't destroy her it's, dreams so early. It's there coming could out be. in 2016, and we've seen almost nothing. A whole year. But it could be January 1st, 2016. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> the, the first dates Nintendo throws out are very... Well, the first date was 2015, and they moved it back already, so... Yeah, and Zelda in particular seems to get pushed back a lot. Well, they just so want I bet it you, to be perfect. <laughs> what I, bet they, I bet you what they will have is that um, uh, Miyamoto, even though he doesn't technically work there anymore... We'll probably still strut out on stage and say something about how le- great Legend of Zelda is. And then they'll have like a one and a half minute cryptic trailer. No, like that's what I want. I'm, <laughs> I'm not expecting to be able to like see demos. I just want a cr- more cryptic trailers. <laughs> that will satisfy me. Anything. <laughs> um, I'm making like five sneak peeks for Zelda over the course yes. of the year. Yeah. It's funny though. Like I can't. And maybe I just haven't been paying attention enough, but I can't think of one thing I'm really, really excited about for the rest of this yeah. year, or at least that I know is I've coming up. I've got a huge list of things I'm excited about. Well, I mean, upstairs, last year we didn't so. know anything about Splatoon, and we heard about that at E3. Yeah, yeah I hope that I'm, I'm looking forward to more surprises. Yeah. 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 All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, I think we're going to wrap things up. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, in future episodes, this, we would probably spend a decent amount of time answering questions. So if you have questions, comments, and feedback, you can send those to hello at pixelkin.org. And in case you hadn't noticed, this podcast is sponsored by pixelkin.org. So you should go to the site. You should read. We are a site about games uh, aimed at families. And our podcast today was made up by all staff members of Pixelkin, but we will have special guests on occasionally. And one thing that we like to do on my former podcast was get everybody's Twitter handles out there. So I'm Nicole Tanner, and I am at Nicole Tanner is my Twitter handle. I'm uh, at Lydia Storm. I am at Doom Quasar. And I'm at Univolic. Okay, I've been wondering this. Yeah. You guys need oh, to tell gosh. me where you came up with those. Univolic is actually a, a style of poetry, and I had to do a <laughs> – it's very unusual. Um, I Courtney had to, is an English major. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you knew this. Um, <laughs> I had to write a univolic poem in college, which is basically when you only use one vowel 
and it's hard, but creates a really cool sound. I'm going to wow. pronounce it Univillich from now on, just so you know. <laughs> but that, no. Yeah. <laughs> At Univillich. All right. Do My Quasar. name. Okay, so in seventh grade, uh, oh, we geez. had to do a skit uh, where we were supervillains, and I was making up supervillain names for everyone. I flipped through a dictionary randomly, point to Doom. Flipped through it again, point to Quasar. I gave, I gifted that supervillain <laughs> name to my dear friend Taylor Beard. Um, and then I, I even like painted her a banner that she hung above her bed for years. And then when she went to college, she gave it to me. And I had already been using the name as my handle by then. So I, I basically stole it as a supervillain would back <laughs> from my dear friend Taylor Beard. And now it's, it's, it's me. It's nice. always me. So, yeah. And if you want to follow Pixelkin itself on Twitter, we are at Pixelkin underscore org. That's, that's where we are. All right. Um, so we're going to wrap it up. Uh, thanks so much for listening. And uh, subscribe. This podcast was recorded in the studios of the Jack Straw Cultural Center in Seattle, Washington. Oh,